This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Ranella. Alex Lindsay is what would how would we characterize you? I guess as you're you're kind of a mercenary. We're we're, we're <laughs> seeing if you we're trying to see if you pass the smell test. Like you're a a candidate for hunt quietly indoctrination. Usually, when people start in with us a little bit, it's that they leave <laughs> leave us though. <laughs> it's Quick entrance that, and exit. It's not that we kick them out; it's that they leave us. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't have any anticipation that I'm going to be doing that anytime soon. You'll know you'll make you you now you now you know if you make it. Prior, you, you there's you you never know if you were a made man in the in the hunt quietly establishment. But now we have a website with all of our faces on it. So oh, nice. If you that's when you know that you've stuck around long enough and put up with enough bullshit. You know you've arrived. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk about the Onyx scandal. At least that's how I think of it. And I think that's how Jim Durkin thinks of it. And Alex, given your willingness to do the research that we asked you to do, I got to think that you think it's at least a little fishy. Oh, I think it's very fishy. That's putting it politely. Yeah. It's, I mean, everything they're doing and everything they're, everybody they're affiliated with as well. You know, I'm still kind of looking for how I feel about a lot of this stuff. Um, And that's why I reached out to you guys. And that's why I'm, you know, doing these things for you. I'm not going to tell you if I've made up my mind and gone full gung ho like you guys have, but I'm, I'm willing to um, sit around and, and listen and help out until I do, you know. Yeah, hopefully you don't decide to go the other way and then just kind of be a spy for the other side. Oh, it would it wouldn't be like that at all. I, 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 would, I would I would leave both of you. I think the people that get involved become more hardline over time. I could definitely see that. Yeah, you definitely become hardened for sure. Well, I mean hardline like more convinced that our agenda is the right one. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm on that. I, I, I lean way, way that way, just for clarification. I just don't know. Um, you know, I don't know really where I sit. How long have we been talking about? About a month, month mm-hmm. and a half? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So everything, you know, everything we've talked about and everything thus far, I've, I've been in, you know, damn near right in line with you. Well, yeah, you, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of open to everything. Yeah. The thing that we need to make progress is facts. We need facts. And so you've provided, you've gone so far as to provide desperately needed facts about mapping software for us. So I'm very appreciative of that. Those are the hardest things to get are relevant facts about things going on in the hunting sphere that bear on the issues that we, this podcast 
and Hunt Quietly movement are trying to address. Matt, before we get into the facts, all the all the stuff that Alex gathered, can you go back and explain like the FOIA request and and take us through the steps that you took to to get this information and to bring us to where we are right now? H- happy to. So I apologize. This well, it'll be clear in the liner notes, but this is something we've talked a little bit about on the podcast. I've talked a little bit about it. In my Pope and Young talk, we've put some posts out on, on Instagram about it. So if this is old news to you, you might want to just, I don't know, go listen to some other. Don't listen to a hunting podcast. Go listen to like something like, I don't know, a, a philosophy or history podcast or something. Don't go listen to some douchebag um, tell you how to hunt deer in the rut. You already know how to hunt deer in the rut, you know. Um, so I apologize if this is old news. But... uh Eric Siegfried, I'm laying out the situation, and, and his and his company Onyx, the mapping company, have vocally positioned themselves as champions for opening up access to landlocked public land. They had this project landlocked where they quantified numbers of acres of landlocked land in the western U.S. They did a series of short YouTube films about that that showed them flying into landlocked land in a helicopter and hunting it. And the goal was to bring the public's awareness to all these beautiful places that we own that we can't get to. And at the same time as he's doing all that, Eric Siegfried, the owner of Onyx, buys Cottonwood Outfitters. Um, so he's being, he's very quiet about that. He's very vocal about the project landlock, but he's very quiet about him buying an outfitting company. And this outfitting company has the Bureau of Land Management and state leases for over 10,000 acres of what? Landlocked public land. So very vocal and virtue signally about, oh, this is so bad. We have all this land we can't get to. And very quiet about buying an outfitting company and commodifying wildlife on 10,000 acres of public land. Do you know if his outfitting business is just a business or was it a ranch as well? Did he buy a ranch with an outfitting business? He owns some ranches. He owns some ranches, but I don't think that I don't think that Cottonwood Outfitters outfits on his ranches. Okay. That he okay. owns personally. So, so his ranching his business probably has some leases as well and surrounding this landlocked. Yes, he's leasing land. private land. Okay. Which is kind of che- which is cheesy if you're in access. If you're an access advocate, if you bill yourself as an access advocate in the way he has, that would be cheesy. Just if there was no landlocked land embedded in these properties that he's leasing, you know, he's got to get the BLM and and state land permits to outfit on these lands. That's how I know he's doing it. Because, well, first of all, I became aware of this 
through the rumor mill because these are ranches that are near where I live in eastern Montana. Cottonwood Outfitters, it used to be owned by somebody else and he bought it. And I kept hearing this rumor. And I was like, that can't be true. That can't be true. This guy is a public access advocate who has gone out of his way to draw attention to the travesty that is landlocked public land. There's no way he's now, and that that he's now outfitting. It it, it was just too hypocritical to, to even be, to even be true. But, it is. I, I just kept hearing more and more about it, more and more about it. Then I had friends that work for the BLM and, for, and friends that are game wardens that told me it was true. So then I submitted a, a Freedom of Information Act request to the Bureau of Land Management. And I, now I have the maps to all the... And how long uh, did that take to come in? About nine months. Nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know we had been talking about this for a while. And then when the maps came in, I, I remember it was, yeah, nine months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took forever. I, I still don't think if I, I'd have the documents if I wasn't calling the, calling the BLM and harassing them. <laughs> I was nice about it, but just, because they, they made it sound as though it would be a few weeks. So you get these maps and it confirms what you had already, already oh, heard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I had heard the ranch. I knew the names of the ranches that he supposedly had the, had the leases on and knew I know where those ranches are. And then I get the maps and sure enough, they, those, there's all this 10,000 acres plus of landlocked land embedded in these ranches that he's leasing. And he's got the outfitting permit from the federal government to guide on those, on this, on our property. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember seeing Cottonwood Outfitters years ago on a lot of the, the top hunting shows would hunt with Cottonwood Outfitters. So it was a very established outfitting business as well, right? Yes. So I think that I just can't imagine a much more hypocritical act. Like, like if, if hypocrisy was flammable, then he would start a range fire every time he stepped foot on landlocked BLM land. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So one thing we wanted to do tonight, I wanted to do, and I hope you guys are all right with it, is I pulled out some examples, some well-known examples of hi- hypocrisy. Uh, and I thought I could read the, a description of them and, and we could see how the Eric Siegfried situation compares on the hypocrisy scale. Is it more, less, or equally hypocritical? We just bounce, bounce it around a little bit. Thought it'd be an interesting thing to compare some famous examples. And I pulled out one that's absolutely, I have pulled out one that's very old, one that's very new and one that's from the 90s. I'm going to start with the one from the 90s. So I didn't know. I can't believe I didn't know about this. But you know, I, was, I, t- I Googled most hypocritic critical acts in human history. And here's one of them that I found. Jesse Jackson, 
You guys know who he is? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a married man at the time paid a visit to Bill Clinton to offer moral counseling during the Monica Lewinsky, Lewinsky sex scandal. Jackson brought along a staffer, Karen Stanford, who was visibly pregnant at the time. It turned out later that Jackson was the father of the child. In an attempt to cover up his quote-unquote little error, Reverend Jackson used money from his tax-exempt charities to arrange for his mistress to live in a home reportedly worth $345,000 and to receive thousands of dollars per month for living expenses. <laughs> that's, a, more, that's a bad one. More or less. Good, Alex. I'll let, let you go first. Oh, on the scale of things, it's less because I don't think it really affects anybody, does it? Well, who does it donor, affect besides his, donor, who his donors? Oh, I think they care about them. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think guess in the grand I think it's scheme of things, wide scale, I, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's much less, and I think we're biased in in that regard. But oh, it's pretty pro- bad. probably, <laughs> you probably are. I'm probably trying to come up with a way to make it so that that's more hypocritical than Eric Siegfried, but. There's a case. I mean, to be made. I mean, even in the sense just that we're such as. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. There's a case to be made. I mean, Jesse Jackson became a minister way before he did this shady shit, and he probably was pretty devout at the time he became a minister and pretty pretty com- committed to it. And then he he wavered over time. And did and then did the this like I think it's atrocious. Like cheating on your wife is atrocious, and and and, and taking money from that is like supposedly going to a good cause of the church and redirecting it to your girlfriend to hide the fact that she's pregnant. I mean that's just shady ass shit. But the difference is, he made the decision to devote his life to God way before. With Eric Siegfried, he's doing the same thing, the, the two things at the same exact time. He's embarked on this new quest to be a champion for public land at the same time that he's buying this outfitting business. So it's the temporality of it that makes it extra hypocritical to me. I guarantee Eric is going to listen to this and say, I never thought in a million years I would be compared to Jesse Jackson in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Here's a quote from here's a quote from him that I forgot to read. I, here's from one of these Project Landlock videos. And when you just keep in the back of your mind that he is paying to have exclusive access on landlocked public land. That keep that in the back of your mind. Let that just float back there in the back as I read this quote. I want my great, great, great grandchildren to look back on this time in history and realize we did great work 
for public lands. Yep. <laughs> I, it, it's just epitomizes hypocrisy in my mind. All right, well, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, Le- LeBron James, this one's fairly recent. You know, he's kind of positioned himself as a champion for social justice. Did you guys know that? Yes. Okay. So he recently attacked the the Rockets general manager, Daryl Morey, for supporting democratic protests in China. Did you hear about that? Did not. Oh, uh, any guess as to why? Because his shoes are made in China. No, because like so many Western institutions, like I just found out tonight, listen to this book that Douglas Murray wrote called uh, The War on the West. In that book, he talks a lot about how China is expanding its their reach into the West in ways that are, it's just mind boggling the institutions they're involved in now. Like they're a major investor in Cambridge and they, and they have, they have exerted their will like in the curriculum there. And that's just an example. There's so many examples there, but anyway, they, they are a major funder of the NBA and they were threatening to pull out. So LeBron James was like, dude, don't be bashing on China. Because they stand, <laughs> he, he and the NBA stand to lose millions of dollars if they pull out. That's why I don't care about basketball. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't at all. <laughs> if I never watch a professional basketball game again, it'll be too soon. Um, so I don't know how that one compares. It's probably equally bad. Yeah. It's, it just it, seems it's, it's, anytime it's, you side with China, it doesn't seem like a good idea. Well, absolutely. Any, yeah. Well, anytime you do something fishy for money, I think doesn't it's not a good yeah. idea. Yeah. There's that, but when you involve a, you know, classic communist country, <laughs> it kind of yeah. brings a new level to things. Yeah. So then the last one is uh you guys know who Rousseau is? German philo- or French philosopher, he, he developed like, social contract theory, which is like a theory about how government should work. I am unfamiliar. He wrote a book that was his favorite book. It was called, called Emily. And it's a treatise on child raising. And in that book, he argues that parents ideally should rear their own children together as a family. Uh, but then many years later, he and his mistress have five kids. And as quick as they, she cranks them out, they bring them to an orphanage, one after another. Oh, my God. That, oh, yeah. that's bad. He was, he was maligned at the time. He had a lifelong enemy, uh, Voltaire, who's another French philosopher. And Voltaire was... They were used to write each other nasty letters and send each other copies of their books and stuff. But <laughs> Voltaire and he you know, got in a confrontation one time about it. And Voltaire is like, "You drop your babies off the doorstep of an orphanage, 
And, and Rousseau's response was, no, I didn't. I brought him inside. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's okay. I brought him inside. I took care of it, Harry. I'm going to say worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's worse. All right. I'll give it to you. It's worse. Yeah, that's, that's definitely I worse. have a couple more, but this is, we've made our point. If we have one, we've made it. Uh, so there's two more things that we were going to do on this episode. One of them is we're going to talk about the good that Onyx is doing. It doesn't absolve them of the bad, but in the quest to be more fair and balanced, it's important to give credit where credit's due. So Jim, lay that on us. Yeah. I mean, I, I Oh, and then the other thing we're going to do, the other thing, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay out the agenda. The other thing we're going to do is then Alex is going to explain. He's going to compare and contrast from a price point perspective and a functionality perspective, Onyx and Gaia. And that way, you know, you can, you can decide. I covered the bad. Jim's going to cover the good. And if you're an Onyx user and you think the bad outweighs the good, it does, um, you can make the switch. We'll leave it up to you. But we'll sh- we're going to take you through how to do it. You can even transfer your data, as Alex gonna, is going to explain. You can do it in five minutes, he says. So with that, Jim, tell me about Onyx's conservation and, and access work. Yeah, so when I looked into it, you know, like you had already mentioned, their mission statement is to provide and protect above and beyond just providing mapping services to the public. Their mission statement is to provide and protect access to the outdoor recreation for everybody. And they even did like a report where they must have did some sort of survey and um, it was some stats worth talking about. Uh, 96% of outdoor enthusiasts think it's important to preserve and maintain public lands. Nearly 92% of the public relies on the nation's 901 billion acres of public land for outdoor recreation. 87% of outdoor enthusiasts report that they have given back to public lands in some way in the last decade. So they are reaching out in some ways to to gather information about how we all feel about public lands. So to date, they have helped secure or improve public access to 150,000 acres. It's actually 154, 154,688 access to acres. They've restored, secured, or built 150 miles of trails. That was their goal. Actually, it was 255 miles of trails. They've completed 53 projects in 20 states. And uh, since 2018, we've reached 135,000 acres of improved access and 133.3 miles of new or improved trails. So they are pulling some weight in regards to what they're doing yeah, but I've looked into I looked into some of that stuff a while ago, and their role in in every case, it's not just them. If you look at 
the examples. Every case is a bunch of different organizations and their and their role is anything but clear. Yes. They could have just and, and applied the sandwiches or something. You know, like it I just encourage people before they think that all those stats that Jim just rattled off that like that that Onyx bought 154,000 acres of land and opened it up to the public. That is not what happened. And I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Because I want to bring, I want to point out, so they give a project type and it's not a pie chart, but it's like a donut. Right. And so 50% of the donut is land purchases. Okay, but oh. we don't know what that totals in acreage or dollar amount. So they don't yeah, give okay. that at all. Okay. So right. But the next largest type of project that they've worked on is trail restoration. And then I guess this goes in ascending order, trail building, easement, cleanup, infrastructure, landowner agreements. So I think that maybe they do have a grant program that the public can come to them and submit uh, a project that they want to work on, and they'll wa- they'll walk you through a grant application process. So that may be where the large majority of their land purchases are are being are occurring. I don't know that for sure, but at any rate, fifty percent of their projects are land purchases. And you're right. They have worked with other groups. They're partnering, partnering with TRCP, and they're partnering with Meat Eater. And Meat Eater just did that uh, theater tour, and they've raised over twenty thousand for conservation. And their goal, and this is Meat Eater. I'm assuming this may be in conjunction with Onyx, but they're yeah. Well, why would would you be bringing it up if it was just Meat Eater and, and Onyx wasn't involved? Well. Because twenty thousand was attributed to Onyx and Meat Eater working on this theater project, this okay. live show project. Okay. But then Meat Eater goes on to say, in addition to the twenty thousand, they're looking to raise a hundred thousand dollars for for access in total. So, okay. whether Onyx is only part of twenty percent of that hundred thousand, I'm not sure. But I thought it was worth bringing it up. Yeah, but yeah. Matt. And Alex, I I don't know how you guys feel like I'm going through this. And let me just say this first. Looking at the pictures on their website, looking at the projects that they've done, they look like they have a lot of committed people working for Onyx. And I want to commend them. And I will extend the invitation if they want to come on the podcast and talk about some of the projects in depth. I'm sure, Matt, you feel the same way. We would welcome them with open arms to come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. We asked them some st- tough questions, but. Yeah. So the invitation is there. If anyone's listening to this that worked on some of these projects for Onyx, reach out and come on the podcast. Now, having said that, all the things we just talked about with the hypocrisy, all these things that are so positive for conservation are a little bit tainted. A little bit tainted because it's hard to ignore the hypocrisy. And I, and I have an analogy. It's like the husband that only cheats on his wife one day a year. And he's great the other 364 days. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if that's yeah. too extreme or what, but yeah. it's like, yeah, it just erodes confidence because then you're like, well, what else is it? What else are these guys doing that we don't know about? You know, you just, it just, cause here's the thing, that website with all those stats and figures, if you can be misleading and, and, and real quiet and guarded and, and not make it public that you not publicize that you have an outfitting business. I would, I would dare say that you're also somebody that could exaggerate what you're doing for the good. And then when I looked at all that stuff that you looked at, it's like, like, again, it's just so vague. Yeah. It's so it's, we have, I wrote a report for hunters for access for our nonprofit. And I painstakingly said everything that we did, this last year, every work project, everything we bought and gave to ranchers and farmers and other landowners as appreciation gifts for allowing public hunting, it was an itemized list with dollar amounts. You know, mm-hmm. and how is it that these people they're getting paid, they're drawing a salary? I do not do it. I don't get a dime from this. Can't have their web their advocacy page on their website. Be clear enough that you can figure out what the fuck happened. And I challenge the listener. I challenge the listener to go to that page and see if, if you can really, really figure out what Onyx's role was in all this stuff and where the money went. And in addition to that, with a guy that owns a multi-million dollar business, I mean, I don't know what Onyx is worth, but it's worth tens oh, of millions. Huge company. Doesn't seem doesn't it seem like ten thousand acres is like not even worth worth it? The the public persona of yeah. maintaining ten thousand private acres when you could go out and hunt anywhere, access anywhere. There's no limitations to to someone like that. Just, yeah, what, it just it, seems, it's not like he's haunting it himself. No, it's just so not. stupid. It's like, yeah, it's he's having clients hunt it. I mean, I took, I don't know who said that. Who said well, when you guys said that $20,000 number? What about that? Oh, you guys said that $20,000 number, and it just blew me away. I was like, really, all this money these guys are floating around, all these money these guys are making, that whole theater tour. And you guys are only trying to raise twenty thousand dollars. That was pretty underwhelming. It's very underwhelming. Yeah, our guy, our the president of the Montana chapter of Hunters for Access, last year in a town of nine thousand people, he raised eight grand. One person. Yep. So yeah, Yeah. when you yeah, it's like twenty grand. And then when you talk (laughs) about when you talk about what a access destroying machine that hunting media is, it it doesn't even begin to be like trivially mitigate their impact. Like I I talked about, I'm not going to go into it, but because I talk about too much. But when I if I when I roll back the clock to the mid 80s and take hunting TV out of the picture 
and then roll the clock forward, taking hunting social media and YouTube out of the picture. Access situation contemporarily for me is infinitely better. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do, you, what do you think of that, Alex? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, I mean, all this money for conservation, it's like, where is that money going? I like conservation. I tend to agree with that statement, but who's getting paid and how many more animals is that putting on the ground or how much more land is that giving to us? Yeah. Probably not a lot for $20,000, you know? No, maybe we switched over to Gaia. They do more. Possibly. Without being hypocrites. So should we move into that segment? Sounds like a plan. Okay. So yeah, here's the, here's the idea again. You know, you do, we report, you decide. Although we did do a hell of a lot of editorializing. That was some Fox News, CNN shit. At least for me, like (laughs) you guys are pretty, but I, I definitely did a lot of editorializing, but anyway. I wanted to ask Alex how he felt about the numbers that I read. And he answered it. I didn't have to ask him. So it, it wasn't <laughs> enough. So obviously somebody hearing this for the first time may be thinking the same thing. It's just not enough for a company that successful. Yeah. It's not enough to stem the tide because access and conservation are only getting worse. So do more. Okay. With no further ado, if you've listened to this so up to this point and your steam and you're ready to cut ties with Onyx. We have some good news for you. It's not hard. And it, Alex, isn't it even a little cheaper? Not it's quite cheaper, a bit cheaper. Less expensive. There you go. I like your wording much better. Yes, yeah, so yeah. wait on us. Yeah. So, you know, as far as overall cost goes, it's not quite half. Hold on. Let me pull up what I have here. A lot of you may know for a yearly membership to Onyx, it's like 99 bucks, which, you know, in relatively depending on how much you use it, it's not terrible. But, you know, you can get all basically all the same stuff from Gaia. Uh, for right now, it's $54. They have a 10% sale going on, but usually it's it's 60 which is not bad at all. And, you know, I don't know how recent they added them, but Gaia actually has 255 different hunt layers now um it seems like in most states they cover um gmus wmas other wildlife areas uh that kind of stuff so how about landowners can you see who owns oh yeah yeah Yeah. private public borders all that stuff you know like no but like who owns the land oh yeah yeah it's right on there just it looks almost the same as onyx different different colors you know so if you've used onyx or you've used guy vice versa any of those mapping softwares they're all they look generally the same. Um, and that's, so there's not like a big learning curve in switching. Well, that, uh, I, there is a little bit of that. I had never used Gaia until me and you started talking about it and I got on it, picked it up as far as just mapping and looking around, you know, reading stuff, reading trails. It's very, very easy to use, but once you get into making a waypoint, mm-hmm. navigating to the waypoint, that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Just super easy, very simple. Um, where it does get a little bit more tech is in the the way you edit layers. So, 
you know, on Onyx, when you put on different layers, they kind of, just like it sounds, they just overlap each other. Boom, 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 boom. On Gaia, you can fine tune every single one of those layers. So it's like, if you put on Onyx, if you put 10 layers on, you're barely going to be able to read your map. Um, it's just going to be a garbled mess. Um, but with Gaia, you can actually go into each individual layers and there's, you know, a tuning knob on it and turn it up or down, um, get a lot better clarity. And like when you're looking for something very specific, it's just easier, easier to find. Um, and that is where the learning curve is. You know, that took me, I, I, I learned it in a day. I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent proficient with that yet. I haven't used it too much in the field, but you know, just the options on Gaia seem to be way more in depth than Onyx. Okay. Really? Yeah. So more, less money, more functionality and less hypocrisy. Yeah. Where I will give Onyx, I mean, obviously they're, I mean, they have off-road and they have Onyx hunt app. Um, and I will give it to Onyx. They're made for hunting. So it's like they have all, there's a bunch of little stuff on there as far they have stuff on Onyx, like foliage cover, um, you know, different kinds of plants grown in different areas. So, you know, you can use for find different species of animals. I personally don't use it, but I'm sure, you know, especially in the Midwest, I can see how that could be real beneficial. Um, Gaia doesn't provide that, but that being said, I mean, as far as the straight mapping goes, it's it's a superior product in my view um if i were to pick one and and let's put all this hunt quietly you know bringing down right. the system stuff aside um, right if i were to just pick one I'd, based off of functionality i would probably go with gaia and that's not only just in the hunting sense i do use a mapping software year round you know i'm driving out in the woods we're going into the mountains all that stuff so I can use it year round cheaper. And as far as the functionality for the day-to-day -day guy or somebody who's, you know, overlanding, you know, whatever you want to call it, driving or just trying to find trails to hike, it's it's way further in depth. Okay. Um, and can you transfer data sets from Onyx to Gaia? Oh, absolutely. And they make it really easy. I was surprised. I thought they would be then Onyx was going to make it harder. Um, I think you can do the same from Go Hunt yet. I haven't tried to move any waypoints over, but from Onyx, all you really have to do, they actually just have an export feature. And so you can go into that export feature, um, select all, get all your waypoints, photos you have on there, any any other information that you have saved on your maps. Um, and it'll actually just put that in a file and save it to whatever device you're working on, whether that's your phone or your computer. Um, then you go open up your Gaia app, go into import, find that file off your device, import straight to Gaia. Very simple. Boom. Done. Nice. Boom. Done deal. Sleeping better. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't we help myself. I cannot help myself. Do we know where Gaia's out of? Who owns it? How long have they been in business? No, I haven't looked into like the actual ownership of it. Um, I've looked real hard as far as their marketing goes, and it doesn't seem like they put out a lot of marketing besides some older videos on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, and I actually did call them trying to, I left a message with them trying to get a hold of somebody to answer some questions for us, but I haven't heard a reply oh, back yet. Well, man, yeah. in all fairness, Onyx is infinitely better there they pick up the phone when you call them 
Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's not called just Gaia folks. It's called Gaia GPS because oh, Gaia. Oh, sorry, yeah. Because Gaia is a dip. It's a. It's. A, I think Gaia GPS is a subsidiary of Gaia. But what does Gaia sell? I think they sell clothes or what? Hmm. I actually don't know. How do you spell Gaia? G G A I A. They'll have some sweatshops in China. Yeah, this is a hunting. We do hunting advocacy. We don't wait. We're not worried. <laughs> hey, don't talk shit on China, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, LeBron. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Alex, we should we should have asked you where are you from and what's your background. Oh, you know, I'm I'm from Washington State, uh, up in uh, the northwest corner. Born and raised here. Started hunting about six, seven years ago. Got real into it. I'm a metal fabricator. Nice. Most, yeah, my whole immediate family's from here. You know, got some good roots. It's a great place to live. If you're uh, nice. listening, listening to any of these hunting podcasts, you've probably heard about some of the stuff that's going on here. Um, they're Bear trying to hunting. Take, oh, that's not it. It's right now. Everything's on the table. Um, I can get into it a little bit more if we had if we got some time later. Yeah, we could talk about that for a few minutes, but be, let, let's wrap this up. I can't find out what yeah. Gaia does. For some reason You can't no, like the parent company, which I what I think the parent company is. Yeah. But anyway, if you are thinking about switching over and you are intimidated about getting your data from Onyx to Gaia, Alex is gonna be recording a video and putting it on our on our Instagram, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So whenever, I don't know when you guys are going to air this podcast, but um, I'll have something to you in the next day or two, probably tomorrow. Okay. No, it'll be, yeah. a, it'll, it'll be a week or more before we, this comes out, but yeah. So yeah, by the time it comes out, you'll be able to find it, no problem. Yeah, so Alex lives in a state that we hear a lot about there is a lot of concern, and rightfully so, with what's going on in the state of Washington. They did away with their spring bear season two years ago now. It's been out, they haven't had it the last two springs, right? Correct. And there are some avowed anti-hunters that are on the what their version of the game commission. Yeah, I mean... What's that commission called, or the... Yeah, it's the Department of Fish and Wildlife Game Commission, um, Washington State. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad right now. I I came into this hunting thing later in life, so I I feel I can I just feel the pain of so many guys that grew up here, um, especially the old timers that that have hunted here, and they've already been stripped to so many hunting rights over the years that hound uh, hunting and and um, baiting bears seasons. Uh, and just general management of species. Um, but really, they took away our spring bear in in such a weird way. The commission just has so much control that we can't really do much about it. It's governor-appointed commissionership. So basically, whoever he wants to put in place, he puts in place. The department does all their species studies and presents this to the commission, and then they can basically do whatever they want with it. Um, and that system's kind of worked for for in my knowledge like i said i've come into this later uh it's it's been doing okay for the last close to 20 years 
um, but it's just been slowly going down and down and down. And we got some new commissioners in this last year too that weren't even appointed to the board legally. They still had to get approved by legislature and and all that stuff. So there was lawsuits filed. I think there's still lawsuits filed against Lorna Smith. But all that put aside. Um, is she one of the uh, antis? Yes, she doesn't call herself an anti. Well, yeah, I, don't think, I, I don't think she can come out publicly, but she's you know very well known. She's affiliated with with anti hunting people. It's just okay. it's 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 out in the open. Um, so there's and right now there's actually a bipartisan bill in our state. Um, let me pull this up. It's uh, SJR eight two zero eight, and that's going to be the Washington's right to fish and hunt and trap introduced to our to our constitution in the state. I think a lot of states have these and it's been kind of a new thing that a lot of states are trying to implement when there's things like this going on. It hasn't been proven in any state. It hasn't been tested at all, but I think that's like a big step in the right direction. So everybody local, I mean, everybody not local too, you guys, this is, this is for everybody. Everybody needs to pay attention to this because as soon as they're done here, these antis, they're coming right for your state. If it works here, they're coming in for your state and that's just how it's going to work. It's all connected. Um, yeah. It, it's it's crazy they're they're organized um and we're getting more organized too i mean there's how for wildlife does a lot of stuff um you can go sportsman's check out sportsman's alliance sportsman's alliance correct there's a local guy here i want to give a shout out his name is andy elliott he has a podcast called the broadside podcast he gives all kinds of information about this stuff has commissioners on he's just I've never met him, but he seems like a really good dude and he keeps up on all this stuff and has been a big support for our state. And there's not a lot of people talking about it. Them and the PN Wild guys have also done that. They have some stuff out. But yeah, um, they they made a shirt called Bear Hunting is that says Bear Hunting is Conservation on the Oh, so you're hip to that, huh? Oh, I just think it's ridiculous. It's like call shit what it is. Have it be like we like bear hunting. How, how are you going to argue that bear hunting is conservation? Well, I think conservation has been kind of just, it's been, it's now being used by both sides. So it's just kind of one of those words that, especially for non-hunters, they see that word and they go, oh, yay. Yeah. Well, I'm, just, a, I, I'm just one, I'm just a person that takes definitions very seriously. Oh, and I'm, you know, I'm with you. I, I don't um, personally bat, bat I don't personally bash them for that, but at the same time, I I totally get the sentiment that you have for it. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's just it's just dorky. It's like a, it's just not here. It it's just not true. You could you could probably have it probably be more accurate to have a shirt that said "Access is conservation." I think that that is more true because. When this process that's going on in this country right now, the one I'm most concerned with, which isn't the antis, but I, I feel for you, man. And I, I am con concerned as shit about the antis um, and the non-hunters and, and losing our rights. That stuff has got to be taken seriously. The thing is, I don't see a difference between what we do. Like, there's no tension between the hunt quietly agenda and fighting for our rights. It's kind of comical to me that the people that are most concerned about losing their rights are people that grip and grin online and show people dead and dying animals to strangers, which has caused hunting ban. Oh, absolutely. Like, has been the direct cause of hunting bans. 
So there's just no tension between the hunt quietly agenda and trying to maintain our rights. They are in lockstep unison, those two things, you know. But mm-hmm. here's the thing with conservation. If you had a shirt that said conservation or access is conservation, my argument there is once this process is complete of people like the Drury's and the, the Bill Jordans and everybody else with money in this country buying up a thousand times more land and, and sequestering access for themselves than it takes for them to fill their freezer so that no one else has to, a place to go that isn't comically overcrowded. Who's going to advocate? Who's going to advocate for, for wildlife then? Oh, they won't need to advocate because it'll be all rich people funding. Yeah, money. who's going to give a shit? No, I, I get. So in my, I, I think that's a shirt. Access is conservation. That's the shirt. But anyway, I don't know. I'd come up with a better one for. I think I would come up with a better shirt idea than. <laughs> There's got to be a better, a more true shirt. You know, like. Oh, for I don't sure. know, just like something about. I like your shirt. You should make. You should make the the access is conservation shirt. There you go. That could, um, yeah, that could be the yeah, next HQ but we shirt. Need a shirt. They, they they need a shirt idea too. They do. They I mean they there needs to be some shirts or whatever a message about what hunting means to. I mean, there's a long heritage of hunting in this country. Maybe the message should be about that. These people are trying to erase, are trying to do away with a heritage that we've had in this country for thousands and thousands of years. They're trying to do away with it. That's going to have to be small print. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So hunting is heritage. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, like I said, I'm with you and I get the sentiment. But I'm definitely biased because I'm seeing it happen and watching these commission meetings. I don't know if you guys have watched any of them, but it's like scary as shit. I mean, these these. I'm commission- sure it is. Here's the it, thing. Here's the thing. I need to be more aware of this stuff. But man, I don't engage in politics, hunting politics in my state anymore at all. I don't do anything other than this podcast, Instagram stuff for hunt quietly. And work on hunters for access stuff because I just don't have time. I, I'm 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 thankful to you and other people for bringing other stuff to my attention. I just don't have time to focus. On yeah, it. and we had How for Wildlife on the podcast, and those guys are fighting the fight. I mean, those guys are great. It should be more of a part of our thing. We should at least put out more overtures to yeah to to groups that are working on these critically important issues like. There's two things that make it so it's a moot point. If nobody has anywhere to go, everything's a moot point. Everything else is a moot point. And if and if hunting's illegal, it's kind of a moot point. I mean, not, not for me personally, because I'll just fucking continue to hunt anyway if it's illegal. But for most people, for mo- law-abiding citizens, everything else is a moot point if it's illegal, right? So they're both important. Right, right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And and the whole civil disobedience thing, I'm I'm with I'm with you there too. 
but I'm just saying it's on the table right now. They're trying to, so they have a predator hunting thing coming up. They're doing all the, the species population density studies right now. I think cougars supposed to be done in March. I think bears a little bit later, April right now, the commission is pushing. Um, I can't remember what the form is called, but they, this is exactly how they did spring bear. So basically they pushed this form for it, I believe to the governor and it grants them permission to make a decision before the population studies have even been done. So it's looking like next month that they're meeting, they're going to try and, and coyote hunting, cougar hunting, and all bear hunting mm. in Washington state. Just chop it mm. just like spring bear, mm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that, regardless of whose side I'm on, you know, and I've talked to you a little bit about this, but that's like the first thing in my personal radar, my Washington centric mm-hmm, sure. radar. We have so, another so, guy that we work with a little bit, a couple other guys that we work with over in Washington, and they are temperamentally just like the rest of the group, but their concerns about their rights to hunt are are way more on their agenda, which is like you makes perfect mm-hmm. sense if it's if that's the threat. Yeah. Yeah. It's something we should all probably pay more attention to. Oh, and there's no and there's no I'm not saying that I can't pivot between the two. Right. Just, right. Right. Simultaneously right. while bashing these guys, I yeah. gotta give them credit to yeah, 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 yeah. Credit is due. No, yeah. anybody that's trying to trying to stem the tide. So let me ask you this. 77% of Americans, according to the most recent responsive management report, are on board with legal hunting as long as it's for meat. What do you think mm-hmm. it is in Washington? Oh, it's hard to say because whatever, it, you really have to see the studies. I mean, it's all about wording. Um, you know, if somebody says that blanket statement, do you support the right for Washington citizens to engage in legal, um, regulated hunting for me, I think the it's going to be way in our favor. I, I bet you'd be over 77%. Well, then how is this? Oh, because, but they're going after predators. As so soon that, as yeah. you say, do you, you know, are you okay with hunt, with hunters? not legal or regulated being used in the sense are you okay with hunters taking bears in the spring while they're uh just after they came out of their dens you ask that question i bet you it's going to be well below 50 percent. okay yeah but what are they going to do about tribal and traditional use harvest in oh that's a whole other it's a whole other shit storm so they're trying to right now i think their policy just got kind of pushed back their whole commission was trying to push a policy for the last several months to just like re-mandate their whole structure for the commission and go from a conservation policy to a preservation policy. And they didn't include any public comment on this. They just kept pushing it and pushing it. And they the big thing is they didn't include any of the tribes in it. They're just trying to push their own agenda to get rid of hunting. And so that basically... So that, they're, they, even for native subsistence harvest, they want to do away with that too? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how that structure works. I mean, to be they, honest, there's, they, I'm sure that it's not, we can't talk about this commission like they're, that, that it's a monolith. I'm sure there's people that are kind of okay with hunting, some that are, right? They're across the spectrum. And it's not right? an absolute. It just no? takes one election cycle to filter them out, right? Well, that's, that's the problem. Well, no, we yeah, have. but they're, they're all appointed by the governor. 
So if they mm-hmm. if they all skew towards non-hunting, that suggests that the administration had an agenda. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If, if there's some uh, people on there that are hunters and other people that are oppo- that are latently opposed, not blatantly, latently opposed <laughs> to hunting, then that suggests that there isn't uh, a bias administration. An administration agenda. So I guess that's that's a question. Okay, so now it went from a, a comment to a question. Are are there people on the commission that hunt? There is one man that I'm aware of who claims that he's a hunter, but I think he said he hasn't hunted since the 1980s. So like he's not that. a hunter. Yeah. So he's not a hunter. No. And then meanwhile, so he's the closest. And it's, that's the weirdest thing. And it's like, I don't want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, but a couple of them will talk like they're on your side. But then as soon as proposals come up and they got a decision make, they go hard the other way. And there's just, mm. it's, it's pretty scary. You know, like I said, there's not a lot we can do about it. They, you know, and I, I, I think that our senators, like I said, this bill that's proposed to make an amendment to the Washington constitution, I think that's a huge step because it's a bipartisan bill. There's guys on both sides of the aisle saying, yeah, we like what you're doing. We support what you're doing. Yeah. But what it, okay. So that bill would have to be extremely specific if it was going to be beneficial couldn't the commission go, mm-hmm. okay, there's a constitutional right to hunt in this state. There's 20 states now, I think, that have these, that have a constitutional right to hunt. Something like that, that. yeah. But uh, the commission go, yeah, there's a constitutional right to hunt, but you're not going to hunt bears, and you're not going to hunt coyotes, and you're not going to hunt cougars. You're not no, going to so hunt hounds. It seems like the... the Absolutely. It, no, it, I, I'm, it's not, I get it. It's that, not that anodyne. It's just not unless it's bear got like very specific language in it. So tell me, explain that to me. That how, how is it a, a, even a partial solution to have a constitutional? Because what I, I think a huge thing is what it does is bring awareness to the situation. Because there's okay. so so many non-hunters that just have no idea or have no skin in the game. So basically, it's just like a, a word battle from both sides, you know, that Annie's throwing all this crap out saying, you know, all, the, all these hunters are doing all these bad things. And all the hunters say, no, we're just trying to get some meat and, you know, yeah, feed, yeah. Our, feed our families and give this to our kids. You know, um, that being said, it, like I said, it's never been, it's never been tested in any state. It's never been put up and used in court. So okay. I, I totally get what you're saying, but I, I think it brings attention to the situation and it's definitely not going to hurt our situation. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Onyx will contribute to the cause and fight the fight in Washington. <laughs> I hope they do. Good on Jim for like weaving these two seemingly unconnected threads together. <laughs> there you go. If you're listening from Onyx, <laughs> donate some money to Washington State Hunters. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm speechless. I'm speechless just just thinking about that. So, oh, here's a question: Is this guy term limited? I can't answer that question right offhand, but I believe he did make a public statement last year that he is going to step down after this year. Oh, he's so, gonna he's gonna resign before the election. Or is I, he up for election? Oh, I don't think he's up for election. No. Oh wow. Yeah. So, how long has he been governor? 
oh, let me find out. Six years. What's his name? Jay Inslee. Okay. Well, if he's been governor. Oh, so he's he's got two more years. He's going to go for election 2026 if, if he stayed. Why would he step down two years after? Oh, wow. He's gone for a lot longer. Oh, maybe you don't have terms. There's no limit to terms. Okay. Looks like he was elected in 2012. Okay. And he's been elected every term since. I don't know. I'm looking at something. Don't take my word on this. I'm looking right now. Um, I wonder if they've, well, Okay. Uh, I'm just curious. I don't want. I'm tempted to ask you another question, but you haven't. You're trying to find out the answer to the first one. It is 2012, so he's been he's been reelected every year for the last. You know, it looks like they have an election. 2012, every four 2016, years. 2020, and 2000. Okay, three times. Correct. Yeah, it's every four years. Oh, right? he's, well, then he's going up for election. He's not going to step down. He's just not. Gonna, he's just not running again. He's not going to run yeah. again next November. Exactly. But if he ran, he'd probably get elected again. I don't know. It's hard to say. Our state's so messed up, man. I I feel for the guys on the east side so hard. Oh, I, there's I, probably never. Okay, I don't. When it comes to state politics, I am a single issue voter. Period. Hunting is my issue, and in some states, like our state right now. It looks like it's going to be Greg G and Forte, Forte, who wants to just give everything to the outfitters and just commodify the shit out of it. The hunting is only valuable in as much as it generates revenue. And he's a Republican, and then he's going to end up running against Ryan Bussey, who uh, he used to be, I don't know, the president of the board of BHA. He used to work for Kimber Firearms. He didn't make much front, many friends with gun advocates because he wrote for the he quit working for Kimber and wrote this book called Gun Runner. Um, that's an indictment of the gun industry. It's like a polemic what? against the gun industry. Do you you didn't know that, Jim? I did not know that. Yeah. So he that's who's gonna be running against him. Uh I know Ryan personally. He's a he's a good man and there's nothing that but it, he's just gonna be maligned as soft on guns. But he, the, he, it's not true. It's just not true. He's a avid hunter. He's got two young boys, and they all they do is hunt. And he, uh, it, he'd be the best thing that could possibly happen to this state for the grassroots, public land, maintaining publicly accessible hunting. You know, so I, I would. I definitely full throatedly support and endorse him for what it fucking matters. You know, he's not going to win. There's no way he's going to win. But uh, in your state, I'd be voting for the Republican, sounds like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel if you like any kind of way of life like I do, that's what you have to do. Our gun rights are gone, essentially, our hunting rights are on their way out. Everything else is in tow. You probably have to go back to 1840 the last time a Republican governor was old. Wait, no, they didn't have Republicans in 1840. That was pretty... And we're, yeah, I think Republicans were a little different (laughs) back before the 60s. Um, Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, our state, I watched it, you know, when I was born. I was born in 93, 
And when I awesome. moved to, the, yeah. <laughs> well, Four years after I graduated high school. Nice. <laughs> One year after I graduated. <laughs> but yeah, when we moved to the town. And I, somehow I you're wiser it. than Jim and I. I don't get it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the years of. The years of. <laughs> the years of stripness of our wisdom. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't speak for both of us. There was 65,000 people when we moved into this town. And I think we're well over 100 now. Our county is just blown up. What's the town? In Bellingham, Washington. Oh, okay. Okay. North yeah. of Seattle. North, hour, hour and a half north of Seattle, about 20 minutes from the Canadian border. Yeah. Peace, Peace Arch Crossing. Um, you know, it's just in, in that not only on a state level, but a local level too. our government is just out, out of control. You know, they've decriminalized public drug use, you know, the usual suspects, the California model. We've just literally as soon as California makes a law, you'll see it on the bill and are on the docket in Washington. Yeah. And Oregon. Yeah, yeah, it's it's essentially the same thing, and it's you know I can expect it from the from the west side where all the big towns are, King County, where we are. But for these poor guys over on the east side, you know these guys that live rural and live in the mountains, it's just it's. I mean, I think they're in the same boat as you. You know, it doesn't gets to the point where it's not going to matter anymore. We just have to live our lives the way we want to live our lives. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's a few states that probably just get split up into two states. I I think that's happened here, and I think this is a really good candidate for it here and Oregon. Oregon, there, I would love California too. I'd love it in Montana. Yeah, yeah, Northern and Southern (laughs) California. You know, if we could just if we could just split this mofo in two at Billings, just east of Billings. Oh my God, this would be a hunt in paradise. We want to split Pennsylvania, but not for political reasons. We just want to get rid of Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We could probably do the same here if we got rid of King County. You know, I think we'd be doing pretty all right. It would at least be a, a competition. It would at least it would give me a lot more hope. You know, now you go to the the voting box and it's just like, oh, I'm just putting this in just to put it in. You know? Yeah, that's how, that's how it feels anyway. I feel like that that just is going to end bad because, like, I was I'm glad that the union won. Like, Absolutely. I'm glad. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to start being like, oh, we should we should just uh, every time that two subpopulations don't get along, let's just create a, a a different a, a new government you know for each of them and divide them into we just gotta figure this shit out with this hunting thing i don't know how you do it whatever we're doing now ain't working because public acceptance of hunting has declined four percentage points in the last two years from 81 to 77 percent you know so whatever we're doing now ain't working i think in and that's what, like, you start, sort of alluded to it about where HQ is aligned. And anybody that listens to the message that's not a hunter is likely going to agree with us, whether you agree with hunting or not. Wouldn't you think? Or am I just being 
will agree with us on what aspect? Uh, on our mission. Oh, well, I, I think that we have more sympathetic sympathetic ears with non-hunters than we do. Yeah, hunters. that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Versus the guy so that's gripping and grinning and. I don't know. Maybe maybe the bridge building thing would be access. If we were successful at, procure, at securing access and building bridges, building building relationships with landowners and encouraging them and being successful and in, 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 in getting them to open up their lands and showing them the ben- that there can be benefits to them in doing that and cultivate like an atmosphere of sharing. I mean, that could have fringe benefits for non-hunters in terms of them having places to recreate, things like that, you know? For sure. If hunters I mean, I think- doubled or tripled down on access, and you know that that was what we brought to society. In addition, in addition to providing funding for wildlife management, we also contributed mightily to people having places to go and explore, and people getting to see more acres of land on this tiny speck that we're all confined to called Earth. Maybe that's the unifying step i don't know it, and going back full circle on this back to onyx that's one of the their uh bulleted items that they had in their survey that does just that matt nearly two-thirds note that overcrowding has negative negatively impacted their time in nature over the past five years and this is just not hunters it's everybody, everybody. who took this server survey okay. who uses onyx Okay. So you hit the nail on the head. We could, this is a unifying topic. Access is a unifying topic for consumptive and non consumptive use. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Access is conservation. We need to make the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad idea. I don't know. Well, I think if we're going to make the shirt, then we got to double down and do what they say they're going to do and donate at least half of these half of the proceeds not the profits to you know whichever conservation group or whether it's even if it's hunters for access but who okay wait are you talking about the shirt the bear hunting is conservation shirt when you say yeah okay explain that to me explain that to me how are they divvying up the, the the proceeds so half of the proceeds are going directly to uh, I think I can't remember if their exact wording, but there is a new group in Washington as well called the Conservation uh, Coalition of Washington, mm-hmm. and and they're involved in this. And I don't know if you heard yet, but I think Cam Haynes, Go Hunt, all your all your buddies are 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 uh, starting to donate to this as well. But it, like I said, half of the proceeds of these shirts um, are going directly into fighting this. Um, oh, well, that's that's it's just stupid because here's what you do: if you want a dumbass shirt that says "Bear Hunting is Conservation," go down to your local print shop and have one made, and then give a donation that to these groups in Washington that are fighting this crap, and then all your proceeds will go there. Oh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. you know, about it's it like, the, most, well, the most efficient way. <laughs> and then anybody like gets, as soon as somebody. That's the problem with all of this, and especially with with the Washington stuff, is that uh, I imagine that ninety percent. I uh, number is probably too high, 
but a large group of these hunters, they hear all this stuff and they go, oh yeah, this sucks. They're not going to do anything about it. But if you give them a shirt that says something like that on it, they might buy it and they'll give you yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it's so know? silly because you could just, yeah. like we tell people with our shirts, we say all the time, you could, here's some shirts for you to buy and a hat and a bumper sticker if you so choose. But we would even, we'd like it even, I'd like it more if you just made your own. <laughs> That'd be more heartwarming and every bit is good for the cause is if you took the time to design and make your own. Yeah, because the shirt or the cup or the bumper sticker isn't as important as the message is. That's why yeah. there's no money to be made. It's the message that's important. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I told you this, but before I even talked to you, I, I bought some of your bumper stickers, and I think I ordered six of them, and you sent me like 14 of them. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. So... Okay, I'm still not getting it. When you buy a shirt from them, part of it goes to the print shop and to pay for the shirt. Then they keep, and then, so that, but the growth, that's the, what you pay them is the gross profit. The net profit, they keep half of the net profit for their own greedy little selves. No, I don't think that's how it works at all. I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're paying for these shirts. and. Like I said, don't quote me on any of this shit. But uh, I they they are saying that half of the proceeds from the shirts are going directly into this. So it's like say, and I think the shirts cost thirty dollars. So fifteen dollars is going directly into these. Oh well, and the other fifteen is going towards buying the shirts and getting the screen printing done. Yeah, okay. yeah. well, that's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, I think that's the situation. So I don't want to malign anybody where there's where there's no, no, no hell no, hell no. no. Yeah. You know what? And good for the hunt celebrities you named that are doing something good on exactly. Them. Like I said, yeah. we can talk all the smack in the world about other yeah. right. Yeah, right. yeah, no, they're trying. Right. It's just that they're not bright. So they have to. That's the best <laughs> they can. It's just they're not smart people. That's the best they can come up with. This bear hunting is conservation, which is the biggest freaking. Head scratcher to me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, hunting is conservation is just as stupid. I mean, it's the same thing. It's they just tack the word bear onto the front of the ubiquitous statement hunting is conservation. We have got to get so far, way, way, way beyond. That if you buy a license, you're a conservationist. That is not a helpful sentiment anymore. It's just not. If you want to, if we want to maintain hunting in this country, it's going to take a lot of people. And I'm talking about publicly accessible, non-pay hunting. Everything else isn't really hunting, but it's going to take a lot of people doing a lot more than buying a license. You don't get to play the I'm a conservationist card if you, all you've done is bought your tag. Agreed. Ridiculous, ridiculous, you know. Not in, not in this day and age. Definitely not. Not with the amount of hunters. Um, yeah, it definitely helps, though. Yeah, no, it helps. Oh, it but helps. I, sure. I think, yeah. I think, I think but that you, they, Nobody buys their tag to, well, yeah, who buys a tag? Is, I'm not going to hunt. I'm just wanting to support conservation. They're buying it to hunt. It's not a. Yeah. It's not an altruistic act. 
when you I don't buy know. I mean I, I kind of do we have a thing we have a thing here the the Washington has a um a combo tag and it's called the get outdoors tag so with that I get my big game small game fishing license crabbing endorsement seaweed shellfish I get an elk tag bear tag cougar tag two turkey tags um all that in one geez you're gonna have to fill out an environmental impact statement it's a bad state to hunt what are you talking about i shouldn't even be talking about this no um, god you spoiled brat you no but let's if you'd start talking about management and areas to hunt that's when everything gets real convoluted (laughs) i'm not gonna say for a resident hunter in washington that you don't have opportunity because you do we have really if you are a guy who likes to go hunt like just get out there and and hunt as many days as possible and you live in Washington, it's a great state. You know, I'm not going to say you're going to get trophy animals or, or huge quality animals um, or see a ton of animals necessarily. You can, but it's, we have the opportunity, but what I'm getting at here is that I buy all those tags intentionally and, and knowing that I'm not even going to get to half of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I hunted elk. Okay, gotcha. I, I, I hunted, you just buy the tags you need and give the rest to hunters for access. How do? How would I go about doing that? That's, it, should, that's good could. marketing right there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I could. That was here's, sharp. Here's the rub. Here's the rub: is that I, if I bought, if I parsed all those out, I actually get a good deal when I buy that combo tag. Makes it very worth it. But that being said, I I would say I probably if I just parse that all out, I'm probably giving an extra hundred bucks to the to the Department of Fish and Wildlife is my guess, and I'm okay with that. And and you know what, I like our Department of Fish and Wildlife. The people that work for our Department of Fish and Wildlife, they're great and they're generally on our side. That that being said, the commission is kind of their own beast, mm. and, and 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 you know, I just came up with the. What I what a, with another thought for a shirt that I'm gonna run by you guys. How about this one? <laughs> conservation is conservation. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put like that's a, gonna be my shirt. <laughs> an empty beer bottle laying next to it. <laughs> Managing wildlife, restoring degraded ecosystems is conservation. Is conservation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, it was uh, a pleasure, and I hope anybody listen, everybody, anybody listening found it worthwhile and, and, and learned, learned a thing or two. I sure did. I sure did. When we transitioned into the Washington situation. Yeah, for sure. So I'm glad we covered that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I'm anybody out there that's listening to this. I, I hope, like I said, this is coming to a state near you. If, if it goes the way it's, it's, it's projected in Washington. So yeah, that's dawning on me. Thanks to you, Alex. Like, it, I mean, of course, you, I will, I'm going to come crowd your trailhead. If, yeah, if we, right. If we, yeah, absolutely. I really, yeah, of, course I am, you are. I am. of course you are. That's what's, that's what's like the same thing with access. If you don't have access in your own state, you're going to go to a state that's got access. Yeah. If, if you, exactly. if you, if you make, there's a lot of sons of bitches in Washington that like to hunt. How do I know that? 
because they are all <laughs> over License this plates. motherfucker every <laughs> fall. Yeah, there's Washington plates here to <laughs> Sunday where I live in the fall. So, yeah, man, it's all connected. If people have Absolutely. places to go in Missouri, there's less hunting pressure in Montana. And, and it's it's all connected. And that's the thing, man. That's a big part of what we stand for with hunters for or with hunt quietly and hunters for access is hunters looking out for other hunters. Because just because it's the right thing to do, and as it turns out, looking out for other hunters is looking out for yourself Mm -hmm. because it's all connected, man. It's all connected. I don't know how you get that through to somebody that's buying up or leasing up 10,000 acres so they can shoot the big one. But it it's really true. I'm telling you, it's really true. Get out there and, and support organizations like Howl for Wildlife, man. Yeah. You know, there's this, here's a common refrain in the hunting sphere. Don't criticize other hunters, right? Yeah, that's horseshit. Yeah. So... I think the refrain needs to be look out for other hunters. Right. Absolutely. Yep. All right. And actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Yeah. As we pot, as we bullshit for two hours. <laughs> 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 All right. Good night, you guys. Night, Good night. night.